on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, March 2nd. I guess we're going to do this all over again. LA Galaxy getting ready for their season opener this time against Dallas so that's coming up on Saturday we're going to get you ready for that game uh, a bunch of news Ricky Pooch is now a DP we're going to tell you why it's a bit of the shell game the Galaxy are playing probably not really what you expected when you heard that Ricky Pooch was going to be a DP because I've been watching your Twitter replies I don't think you grasp it so I'm going to help you out with that we've got some MLS news some LA Galaxy news some other little tidbits I'm sure that we will throw in there so we are very, very glad that you are joining us today. Uh, usually to help me at this point, it is Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Uh, as a matter of fact, Eric was uh, supposed to reprise his his Emmy and uh, Oscar award-winning uh, game previews. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Eric has been uh, taking shelter from some tornadoes. His house is without power in Dallas. Remember, the LA Galaxy currently flying to Dallas. Um, and uh, and trying to get in there. I have texted to find out if the Galaxy actually made it. Um, so then let's go down the, the other people. I talked to Sophie, uh, and I asked if Sophie could do it, and she was busy tonight to fill in for a hammer, so she couldn't do it. Uh, Christian Miles, who uh, we know and love, I asked him if he was available. Uh, Christian is currently on his way to the airport. Uh, he has rugby to cover, um, so he was not able to do it. So it looks like it looks like you guys are here with me. Maybe there's a chance of another of another delay, though. I mean, maybe the LA Galaxy get to be, be rained out of their first two uh, games. It doesn't seem that that's likely right now. Um, we'll see sort of uh, how that flows. We actually have some weather there. It's supposed to be a perfectly wonderful day on Saturday. Um, I would expect that's the case. Um, but the LA Galaxy did leave Thursday afternoon. This is Thursday night, so they did leave Thursday afternoon. They should be there by now. Um, but uh, we haven't got confirmation that they made it yet. And with all the tornadoes and all the fun stuff that are sort of around uh, in Dallas, uh, we're just sort of waiting for that to happen. So that is where we are at to sort of start this thing. Like, again, we go back and, you know, this should be week two or match day two. We've been we've been told as reporters that it's not week. It's match day two. Uh, this is goes for like voting. We, I, you know, I'm a member of the North American soccer reporters. So sometimes i get to vote on uh, player of the week. Uh, if you were under a rock somewhere, perhaps that you missed, um, that Tiago Almeida, uh, from Atlanta United was the, uh, the first player of the match day. I guess we were saying player of the week, but player of the match day, I guess if you, if you like that, uh, this will sort of involve or, or make it a little easier to do it whenever there's some midweek games. Um, so that way you don't have, you can call it a midweek, you know, a midweek match day instead of having to like compile two different, two different games and try to figure out who is the best over the two games, um, and everything else. Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, Tiago Almada, uh, was the guy who scored, uh, two late goals in Atlanta's victory. Um, and if you've watched, did you watch any of the, I know we sort of talked about this a little bit. Did you watch any of the coverage on, on Apple TV? Um, there were four games, I think that had goals that were scored in the 85th minute or later. Um, a couple of those were some great, uh, little, little games. St. Louis, I think was part of that. Um, I think that, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Austin got beat St. Louis. I know Atlanta was part of that. DC United was part of that. I think it was over Toronto. Um, and there was one more game. I can't remember which one it is. I'm sure you guys know. Um, 
but that is uh, that was sort of that first match day was was actually pretty exciting. So uh, the Galaxy didn't get to play. Obviously, we, we know that uh, it was funny, though. I guess it was funny. It was interesting to me because I got to talk to Greg Vanny on Wednesday before the team departed. And by the time he got to me, you know, I was pretty late down the, the list only because um, I was not there. I got to I got to dial in, which is always nice. And I'm glad they do that. Um, but I sort of asked him how that whole thing played out. Like you're getting ready for a game and then all of a sudden they come and they tell you that it's canceled. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this means, um, you know, that that everything is fine. But hopefully uh, you can sort of hear how Greg Vanny and the team uh, were prepared and ready to go for the El Trafico and how it didn't happen. So here's Greg Vanny from that. And I have a whole bunch of audio we'll play tonight, but this is the first one. So here's Greg Vanny from his press conference. He says, absolutely nothing. There is no volume. Oh, you know why? Because there's a mute button and you have to unhit it. It's okay. I'm by myself today. Well, how, how it played out. Um, we were actually Friday morning in a meeting with the starting group going over defensive set uh, set piece responsibilities, also going through a couple of tactical things that I wanted us to be attentive to, looking at some video and uh, some different things. When there was a knock on the, the video room door um, and somebody pulled me out and said, hey, the game is going to be postponed until another date. And I walked in as the set piece meeting was going in and stopped uh, Dan Couchman, who was going through the defending set pieces, and said, guys, there won't be a game, so you don't need to worry about this right now. And uh, there was a lot of disappointment. And um, it's a group that has put in a lot of work for, you know, for the eight weeks. They were prepared. They were focused on this, the game that was coming up. Uh, they were looking forward to it. Uh, I felt the the energy during the course of the week leading up to the game felt like the playoffs to me a little bit, where when you try to do training sessions, you can tell that there is really an intention on the weekend and the game and it's like just to like just get me to the game kind of a feeling. And uh, so obviously when they heard the news, there was disappointment inside of that. Um, so what does that mean? We we trained hard that day no matter what. We gave them a couple of days off uh, and we came back. Uh, with the mindset that um, we have to have the same intensity and the same mindset as we go to Dallas. It doesn't change our approach to Dallas. We're going to play Dallas how we would have played to Dallas no matter what. Um, the difference is Dallas has one match under their belt and has felt that a little bit. And, and for us, it's now coming off of a, what essentially is a bye week and trying to get ourselves right up to speed immediately on the road against a team that has one game under their belt. So um, I think our guys are more than eager to play because nine weeks of preseason is just uh, it's too long. Uh, so there's a eagerness to get on the field. And I can, again, feel that this week. This week's been a little bit weird, too, just with weather and everything else, just trying to uh, to get through our normal preparation. But in the end, again, I can feel the emotion of just get me to Saturday. I'm looking forward to getting uh, getting this thing started. All right, there's some Greg Vanny talking about getting forward, looking forward to Dallas. And again, the game against Dallas coming up on Saturday. Let's give you a little preview there. Uh, FC Dallas versus the LA Galaxy. This is the opening match for the LA Galaxy at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. Uh, this game is kicks, will kick off at 5.30 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. Game is on season pass. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. So uh, that was one thing. By the way, I wanted to show you. This is I, I got this picture out for Hammer just in case he did make it and we were, I was going to show him this picture and be like, this is what it looks like outside your window. It's a cow and a tornado. Um, and, and, uh, so far he has not answered me back. He's fine. I have talked to him. I have texted him. He seems like everything is good. So we, you know, everything should be fine with him. I don't want you guys to worry about him. I would tell you if there was something to worry about, like I haven't heard from him. Somebody, so some of our Texas listeners go find him. Um, but as of right now, that doesn't seem to be uh, the case. He seems fine. Uh, and we were trying to get him on here, uh, to, to join you, but couldn't make it. Um, things that are also happening sort of almost right as we started the show a little bit before uh, Kobe Jones dropped the puck at the LA Kings game. Um, that is the Jonathan Quickless uh, LA Kings right now. Uh, in case you were following that whole uh, saga, uh, Kobe was wearing a number 13 Jones Jersey as he went out and dropped the puck for the game. It is the LA galaxy game at it is the LA galaxy night at the Kings game. Um, so that was something that I thought was uh, fun to look for. Uh, so Kobe Jones getting out there. Somebody asked who was going to drop the puck if everybody was gone on the on the trip. 
Um, I thought maybe they would get one of the injured guys to do it. Douglas Costa comes out. Uh, Chicharito does it again, that type of thing. But uh, they got Kobe Jones, which is a, a great person uh, for that. Uh, the other thing is, and I don't think I mentioned it on Monday, and I apologize because Mondays sometimes get a little crazy. If you can imagine going to work all day and then knowing about the last three hours of work where you're already busy because you're catching up from all the stuff and you just want to like get out of there where I start show prepping and doing everything, sometimes things get jumbled in my mind a little bit. Um I got a uh, I got a jersey from the LA Galaxy. They were nice enough to send me one of the new uh, the LA City kits. Uh, I got a LA City flag. I got a scarf. It was all very nice. They got the correct size. I know people were wondering, did they get? Yes, they did. And I you know I I don't mean to give them stick for that. It was more of just a joke on the podcast because people still come up and like point to me like size size large, right? And I'm like, yes, right, that's right. Um, so no, they did an excellent job. Jersey's really nice in person if you haven't seen it. Um, and so just wanted to, to shout out the LA Galaxy, Vicky Mercado, Kevin Acevedo in the PR department. I appreciate you guys uh, with that. And uh, we'll have it back here uh, for for most of the year. I actually am uh, possibly in the uh, in the process of getting another one. So that way we'll have the two jerseys on the outside um, under the lights, and then we'll get the the one white one uh, uh, the, down in the in the center of the the podcast. So that is where we are at with that. Uh, I did want to point this out because this popped up, but they did show the top five best selling jerseys on MLSstore.com. I do have a little. I think this is interesting. I don't know where the LA Galaxy fall on the map, but they're not in the top five. Uh, Seattle had uh, the Bruce Lee kit. The Nashville had the 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 excuse me the what is it Man in Black kit uh, for Johnny Cash. Charlotte, Austin FC, and then you had LAFC at number five. Um, it's really interesting because the Galaxy. I disagree with this, but the Galaxy were were listed on some lists as having the best kit in all of Major League Soccer. Uh, this year for this release, it was the, the cleanest, the best, the one that everybody sort of really liked. Um, it's not as good as the community kit. And the community kit finished like second, third or fourth, which was ridiculous. Um, people under somehow undervalued the community kit. And there were a mil- like so many community kits sold uh, that you would sit there and say, oh, man, this is you know, that was a real thing. I have not seen that buzz. I have not seen that excitement about this particular kit. I think it's really solid. I like it. Um, I don't know if it's the best one out of all the ones this year, but it is it is certainly a very, very nice kit. And if it was, in fact, one of the top best looking ones, I would expect that the Galaxy would be in the top five. Uh, you can sort of I, I, let me put it this way. I'll leave it to you to figure out why it's not in the top five and why a lot of you didn't go buy it. All right. And perhaps that's the reason why you don't see the LA Galaxy in this top five. Seattle is usually up there no matter what. They always sell them. You can certainly think that Atlanta usually is up there. Uh, Austin has a pretty large fan base. Nashville has the largest soccer specific stadium in all of all of the United States. Um, So they have a pretty large fan base, as is Charlotte. Charlotte plays at Bank of America Stadium, which is an NFL stadium. So they have a pretty large fan base there. So you can understand why some of these are on there. You would expect the LA Galaxy with the sort of the breadth of uh, of 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 throw that they have across the world. Uh, you would expect that they would be on here and they're not. So it has to that to me, at least it means that that you're seeing something happen here um, that may indicate that people aren't as jazzed about the jersey or aren't as jazzed about the season. Again, I'll leave it to you to sort of be uh, the arbiter of uh, of what you think the reason for that is. Um, let's see. Uncle Dishwasher gave me a $2 super chat says, be honest, when do we buy out Costa? I think the chances of that a lot less. Right. I mean, we've we've we already told you, you know, hey, it was like 20, 30 percent. It was 50, 50 at one point. It keeps fading and fading and fading. Bottom line is they changed the rules. We talked about that, I think, on Monday because we talked about it on Thursday and said it had to happen by Friday. And then, of course, they changed the rules on Friday. So we didn't have to. Um, but if you're expecting a Douglas Costa buyout, it has to happen. It can happen at any time. But realistically, for the Galaxy to find somebody to replace, it has to happen in this opening transfer window because they don't have the ability to sign an international player, which you would expect you would go after with that designated player spot. You would you would have to go after that um, in this opening window, right up until April 24th, I believe, is the is the cutoff. So that's what I say. So, you know, hey, we, you know, I appreciate the super chat. Wendy, will buy guys? we'll see. Uh, let's see. $10 super chat from Maximus. Um, due to the weather following Galaxy, can they possibly go all season without playing a game? Does that qualify as being undefeated and winning the league? I mean, if you saw the standings come out, uh, which I did not screen capture and show you because I think it's ridiculous. Teams haven't played games yet. But if you saw the standings come out, you know that the LA Galaxy are currently above the playoff line. 
right? So just <laughs> if you wanted to, they lost and they're above the playoff line. Okay. Uh, the, the, the really fun thing and the thing that had people just going crazy is the LA galaxy didn't play. And in the MLS power rankings, they went up two spots. So, I mean, to, to Maximus, to your point here, and thank you for the $10 super chat to your point. Uh, if the LA galaxy keep not playing, then I imagine they rise right up the top of those, those standings. If they're going to jump two spots every time they don't play on the, uh, the, the power rankings, I think, I think absolutely that's, what's going to happen. Um, Let's see. Uh, $5 super chat from Logan. Uh, the gods of the weather are joining the fans with the boycott tornado watch. Yep, absolutely. And a $1 super chat from Roger. Appreciate that, Roger. Thank you very much, everybody, for, for doing that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the chat, you know, the boycotts are working. Simple. Uh, boycott. Boycott. Yeah, I mean, that's, yes, I said leave it up to your own advice, and that's that's what I'm, I'm, I'm sort of pointing out to. So, that is sort of the state uh, of the LA Galaxy as we sit right now. Um, the big news obviously this week was that Ricky Pouge was made a designated player. Now, if you are like me and read the press release very quickly, you were like, Oh, they made Ricky Pouge a young designated player. And then I saw everybody arguing about stuff and I was like, Oh man, what is everybody arguing about? Uh, I went back and looked and I'm like, Oh, look, he's not a young designated player. He's a designated player. And how did they make that happen? You will know on this podcast that we often talk a lot about the U22 rules we talk about the exceptions to those rules or how those rules are sort of adjudicated. And we try and explain the different mechanisms of which the LA Galaxy can keep three U22 players and still have, you know, a full showing of designated players. Now, I will admit I've done a bad job because I often exclude one of the rules. And because I see it as lesser, the lesser of the choices, really, whenever you come out at it. Now, uh, as in terms of a young designated player, you have to be 23 years old or younger. Uh, Ricky Pooge is 23 years old, but the rules seem to state that if they turn 24 in that season, they're considered 24 for that year. So technically speaking, Ricky Pooge probably ages out of the young designated player rule. Okay, but don't worry. MLS has rules for everything. Uh, and exceptions for everything. And so there is a way still to do that. And so here is here are your three uh, sort of exceptions or three rules that you get in order to like be able to have three U22s. Uh, if the third designated player is a young designated player, the LA, the club will have all three U22 slots, right? If the third designated player, this is the important one. If the third designated player is age 24 or older, Ricky Pooge is considered 24, right? yet is at or below maximum targeted allocation money. We know that Ricky Pooch is at maximum targeted allocation money. Basically, it's it says $1,612,500, so $1,612,500, uh, but it, that's actually been bumped up. I think it's $1,652,000, like 250. It's like 1650 now, um, or 1652 uh, whenever you're looking at that. So it's slightly increased, right? So if uh, you are 24 or older, are at or below maximum target allocation money, the club will have all three U22 initiative slots. And then if the third designated player is 24 or older and is above maximum, then the club will have only one U22 in, uh, initiative slot, right? So those are the rules. This is the rule they're using to, ha to keep Ricky Pooch, right? Or, or to this is the rule that has Ricky Pooch moved to a designated player spot. So he's not a young designated player. Greg, it's funny because... You hear Greg talking about this whenever he explains, and I'll even let him explain it to you um, because I have that audio. But you hear Greg making up uh, roster designations like we on this show make up roster designations, right? Like we call them senior DPs. There's no such thing as a senior DP. It's either a DP or a young DP. Uh, Greg called it a restricted DP, which is what he's calling Ricky Pooch, a restricted DP. There is no such thing as a restricted DP, but we call it that in order to give it meaning or differentiation from the other stuff, right? And so technically, when Greg calls this a restricted designated player, what he's saying is basically it's a guy who's making max TAM. Now, let's be really clear about this part, okay? Everybody hang on for a second. Um... The very clear part we all need to understand is Ricky Pooch's contract did not change to my knowledge, and they didn't announce any changes to it to my knowledge. And without changing the contract, Ricky Pooch is not getting any more money. He was already a max hand player. He's going to stay a max hand player. Maybe he already gets a raise um, based on uh, maybe he already gets a raise based on 
you know, being able to um, get his uh, get that max Tam every time max Tam goes up, Ricky's Ricky's thing goes up, right? So it's one of those. I know that we're going to have problems here on the show again because I'm once again seeing the internet decide that it's just going to time out, uh, which is really interesting. I have no idea why. We've been having problems almost the same time every night, about 820. Um, so we're going to have to get that fixed out. Yeah, I know. Um, so anyway, so he's not making any more money. He may be making more money just in terms of he gets a raise every time you get to uh, sort of max, max uh, the, the max TAM. That's really it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to see if I can restart some of this stuff for, uh, for everybody and, and make this a, an enjoyable night on the, on the stream. Um, so we'll do the best we, we can. Hopefully, it'll come back and, and be stable for us. Um, but so he's not making any more money. And because he's not making any more money, um, that means that nothing's really changed for him. It's, it's crazy, really, that they even brought him out to this, um, you know, to this part, to this, to this press conference. And he's answering questions like, hey, um, you know, what does it feel like to be a designated player? There, nothing has changed for Ricky Poosh. All right. Nothing has changed for Ricky Poosh. Zero has changed for Ricky Poosh, as a matter of fact. Uh, he's getting paid the same amount of money. He lives in the same place. He has the same designation. He has the same contract. Everything about it um, is is absolutely 100% the same. So Ricky and all of his agents and nobody got any more money. So this is not something that is uh, a way to keep Ricky Pooch. This This does nothing. All right. This does nothing for Ricky. And I think that's super important. This does absolutely nothing for Ricky. Um, and because of that, I think it's important to understand that, you know, Ricky Pooch is, is a guy who, who is a very important piece to this team and who eventually will and possibly can make more money. He's just not making more money right now. And it doesn't even hint or suggest that he's going to make more money because if he makes more money, he's going to miss out on being that sort of restricted designated player, right? So, this is the sort of the, the crazy part to a lot of this is that a lot of people are assuming that this is like some way to, something to do with Ricky and that this is going to keep Ricky Pooj in LA for a long time. It does nothing. It does none of that. Um, as a matter of fact, I would expect that the LA Galaxy and Ricky are probably going to have to go through and redo, um, you know, his contract at the end of the season. That's what seems likely is that he'll re that they'll redo the contract at the end of the season. And when they redo that contract at the end of the season, that that will be the mechanism of which it'll sort of keep Ricky Pooch, um, you know, in Los Angeles. That seems the likely path for all of this. Right. So if you expect that this announcement for a designated player keeps Ricky Pooch into the LA Galaxy or does anything outside of make this a shell game, you know, you're, you're incorrect on that. And, and that's the important thing to know. Now, there is, and I've gone through a bunch of this, and I even had people like toss questions at me so I could try to figure out different ways of doing things, is, um, is that it, the, only th the only real benefit I can see, and Greg Vandy sort of calls it more flexibility, right? And with more flexibility, you're looking at things like, um, like the ability to take that max TAM slot and split it. That's the only way I can sort of sit here and really explain it is take that max TAM slot and split it. Okay, because if you have a max TAM slot, that means one player gets maximum amount of TAM. If you move Ricky Pooj up to that designated player slot, right, and that designated player slot sits there, um, he's now released from that max TAM slot. That means you don't have to spend all that money on one player. You can spend that money on two players. So if you figure about 1.6, maybe 800,000, maybe it's closer to five or 600,000 of targeted allocation money that you can use. But those are the things that we sort of look at and say, okay, um, you know, this is, this is, this, that makes some sense. That seems to be the only benefit. Greg calls it more flexibility. And in fact, he even goes further and even talks about the U22 slots right? The U22 slots also seem to be somewhat flexible for him. He talks specifically about using targeted allocation money um, and taking one of the U22 slots and making them a targeted allocation money in order to open up a U22 slot for something else. The thing to really understand here is that the LA Galaxy traded a young designated player to basically replace it with a TAM player in Ricky Pooch. Now, you're lucky that Ricky Pooch is designated player quality in Major League Soccer. Right. Or and certainly young designated player quality in Major League Soccer. Right. But 
what we're saying is that because of this uh, this switch, the shell game that the LA Galaxy are doing, right? Ricky Puj gets elevated to a spot that gives him no more money, no contract, no more, no more contract or anything else. And it gives the LA Galaxy some flexibility, but almost all of that flexibility, if they don't use that max TAM slot, almost all of that flexibility is for younger players. Okay, because Greg Vanny talks about opening up that TAM slot, that 1.6 million, right? That 1.6, he opens it. You move Ricky Pooja up to the designated player. Now that 1.6 million is available to be broken into pieces. You take somebody like Efrain Alvarez, who definitely seems like he's tamable, like you could tam him, move him into a targeted allocation money. He hits the cap differently, but then you use targeted allocation money to pay that down. There's probably an increase in his cap hit, but you're okay with that. All right, so you do that. And then you can go ahead and bring in another U22 player, but you're bringing in another young player, right? And they could be very talented. I'm not saying that, but that seems to be the focus for the LA Galaxy right now. All right. So uh, watching how the Galaxy move things, and Greg Vanny said that they maybe have three or four more pieces sort of to move in this case. Um, that's what you look for for sort of, you know, Ricky Pooch. That's what you look for um, in this particular case of how the LA Galaxy are going to go about fixing some of these things all right so yes i think there's more flexibility no i don't think that there's flexibility that's going to get you a designated player outside of possibly getting rid of douglas costa which we talked about here a little bit all right so that's that's sort of how i see ricky push is that there's a lot of people who are saying that there's going to be a lot of things have happened um and that oh look but it's optics more than anything right now Okay, it's optics more than anything right now, and you can sort of tell. All right, so uh, that's that's my view, sort of on Ricky Push. It's fine. I just don't know that we're really seeing anything special um, from this particular move. It's a lot of it's a lot of posturing. All right, it's a lot of movement for movement's sake. Because I'm going to give you this example, and let's use this example. You're making Ricky Pooja DP. The optics on that are that he is worthy of the designated player spot, which he is, which works well, right? So if you're going to sign somebody like Isco as a Max Tam guy, or you're going to sign somebody like Isco even less than Max Tam, but like for Max Tam, right? If you were going to do that, then you move Isco into that. You, you could have just moved Isco into the designated player spot, right? But the optics of that would look very bad because Ricky is perfectly happy in the LA Galaxy or roster compliant with him being a targeted allocation money. And as a matter of fact, him as a designated player, what do you want to bet somebody had to like sit there and explain to him what a designated player was and why it matters and why it would be good for him, right? I mean, that's literally, it's so, so not an impact to him that it doesn't matter. And it's not an impact to the LA Galaxy right now. I do believe Vanny and certainly talking it over with people, I do believe there is some advantage in being able to split that max TAM spot into two spots or three spots. I like you probably two spots <clears throat> splitting it into two spots because that means you could possibly move Efra over to a TAM spot. It opens up a U22. U22s have a maximum salary of the max budget, which is $650,000 roughly. Um, so uh, they have a max salary, but it's unlimited transfer fees so you could pay seven million dollars for a transfer fee and then pay somebody six hundred and fifty thousand dollars um and you get somebody out of the u22 spot all right so that's sort of that's the thing you could have put isco in as a designated player and he'd still be a max tam player right but that doesn't look as good um so there's little stuff like that i do believe there's more flexibility i do understand why greg vanny was saying it i just don't think it's as far and wide reaching as they would as everybody would certainly have you believe uh, the designated player really does little for Ricky Push. Now, at the end of the season or in the middle of the season, and Greg Vanny talked about this in his press conference, he said there may come a time when we're going to have to sit down and talk with Ricky Push because he was saying, you know, I'm hearing whispers that he's a you know preseason MVP type guy, and he is. And if he's an MVP of the league this year, which he could be, a lot of things have to go right for him. But if there is an MV if he is an MVP for the league, right, then he's not going to sit on a Max Tam contract. That ain't happening. We all agree that's not happening, right? So those are the things that I, you know, I sort of pay attention to um, with this. It's a perfectly fine move, but it's a shell game. They move Ricky. This like the only thing that changed was on my on my little list here where it says Tam 
and then it went to DP, right? So the LA Galaxy have three designated players. Javier Hernandez, Douglas Costa, Ricky Pouche. Okay. They currently have two TAM players that I know of, Gaston Brugman and Mark Delgado. Um, and we'll wait to sort of see if any of those other ones get classified. Tyler Boyd wasn't. Um, and, and I'm saying Lucas Caligari was a U22. So the U22 signings are Efrain Alvarez, Dayon Jovalich, and Lucas Caligari, right? Caligari. Um, maybe that's the next one we need to talk about. Lucas Caligari comes in um, and Vanny says, <laughs> let me see if I can find the audio because Vanny was cracking up him. He was cracking himself up on this one because they were sort of asking It's like, oh, so when is uh, when when <laughs> when is Caligari going to come? And he's like he starts laughing because he always gets these questions about the the visa process and everything. No. So this is Vanny sort of being uh, being funny about the question of where is he in terms of getting his visa? Gosh, I don't know. You know, I always hear when these things start 10 days to two weeks, sometimes a year and a half, you know, depends on depends on uh, who you're asking. There you go. So that was that was Caligari. So seven to 10 days is realistically where they think that they're going to be on that. It could be a couple weeks in that. Um, nothing too, uh, too crazy there. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, the other thing he did update, and I'll do this one for for everybody. So, so there was an update on Farai Mutatu. Uh, I'll explain it. I won't I won't have Vanny, but Vanny basically said because he was he had to wait a certain amount amount of time to resubmit his information, right? Because you're in the system. They find out that you're not in the country on a valid visa. Uh, then you get sort of um, shuffled out of the country for a while to sit. Um, and there's sort of a cooling off period before you can reapply. Well, apparently that that period has been met. Um, and now they're just waiting for that paperwork to reapply. Whenever they do, Vanny said he was cautiously optimistic that Farai Mutatu could be back with the LA Galaxy here in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Now, does that mean he's going to play on the first team? Eh, probably not. Uh, you know, Greg was sort of saying we really need to use this time to evaluate him because he hasn't played for almost a year. Um, but that's where you're at with Farai Mutatu. Uh, should we update on injuries as well? I know you all know it. You know, Chicha told everybody that it was two to five weeks uh, whenever he was on his Twitch. Uh, Greg, by the way, said he wasn't real happy with the fact that, you know, Chicha was talking on his Twitch and giving out injury information, uh, which is an interesting take. He said that that's been communicated to to Javi. Um, this is what he had to say. No, it matters. It's, uh, you know, for us, things like that are internal and for club release. Uh, so that's been shared uh i think at the end of the day players sometimes get out in front of it and they want to let fans or their people know kind of how they're doing because people might be asking a question but uh ultimately there's a there's a way the time and a place to give that because it's also about the opposition it's about game management game prep all those kinds of things so um there's a lot of pieces to it but it's it's not earth shattering uh in this situation but uh if you know in different circumstances, these things can be very important information that you give to the other team or give the opposition or someone else that you don't necessarily want to be doing uh, all the time. That's for sure. All right. There you go. Greg Vanny talking about Chicharito giving away uh, his injury status on his Twitch stream. Uh, Chicharito has a first grade or a grade one hamstring, uh, basically seven to ten days, then maybe return to play. Um, so he's currently in treatment and not in return to play. So Vanny has these, these categories, uh, like when you have an injury, the first one is sort of, you know, evaluation, that type of thing. And then it's treatment, uh, and then it goes return to play. So you get through treatment and you're good and now it's been treated and now you're ready to start returning to play. That usually means you start by training off to the side, you do some jogging, you do some things, and then you slowly integrate back into a full workload that sometimes that return to play can take one day. And you're, you're back and you're ready to go. And sometimes that return to play takes a couple weeks, right? So bottom line is Javier Chicharito Hernandez should not and would will probably not factor into these next couple of games at least. Maybe the first home game is maybe the first chance you might get a chance to see Javier Hernandez. Um, but that's that's one of the things. Um that's yeah. So it was, it was, uh, I just, I'm reading, I'm reading comments too. uh, Logan goes, Josh, did you always get mad at the galaxy for not giving? What are the injuries to the players when Bruce Serena was around? Yeah, certainly. There was like, I don't know. There's a, there's a, there was a something. There was a something wrong with somebody, that type of thing. Um, by the way, I don't think, uh, Chicharito, by the way, telling people on Twitch that he has an injury. I don't think it matters at all. I know everybody pretends that there's some great tactical advantage, but 
we all know, we all ask. Greg answers those questions all the time. There is no sort of, I think, opposition, um, you know, benefit. You already knew. Everybody already knew Chicharito wasn't playing in Dallas. Dallas didn't need to know that, right? There was there was, nobody cares. Um, so it, it's it's interesting. Uh, Jesus says teams don't tend to give all injury reports in any league. The NFL actually mandates it. A lot of this has to do with with sports betting. Right. And it's that everybody has the same amount of information and that way inside information can't be used to sort of bet on teams. That's why sports betting is so big. NFL has like a, a, a really interesting sort of thing. It's like, you know, uh, fully participated, uh, did not train, did not show type of thing. Um, and they mark every player and that's reported out to everybody. Uh, so anyway, the uh, Chicharito injury there. We know Douglas Costa has a calf injury. He's unlikely and will not play in Dallas as well. Um, they talked about that. Still staying rather quiet on Douglas Costa. Can talk for three paragraphs about Chicharito's injury. Talks for like two sentences for Douglas Costa. Not saying there's anything there, but if you want to put the tinfoil hat on, feel free to at this point. I, I say go for it, right? Um, so that was something that was sort of put in the press conference. I'm trying to think some of the other stuff that was put in the press conference. Um... They talked about Uri Rossell. I'm not sure that that's super important. Talked a little bit about Caligari. Um, here he is talking about the pieces that um, they think they're still going to bring in. We believe we're still three pieces, potentially, uh, additions. So uh, we have some solid resources and some different things that we can move around in our roster to continue to increase the quality, increase the depth. Um, again, we, without a summer international window, we, we want to do things right and when we can in this window, but we also have internal options if we wanted to make moves inside the league in the summer. So it's a little bit of gauging. We want to make sure we get the right people. We like where we are. Uh, we have some targets. We're in discussions and we still feel like, again, like there's two or three moves that are going to happen between now and, and, um, within the next month. Two to three moves. Uh, in another interview, Vanny called out a winger position. So that's still uh, in the cards for them, I think. Um, it still needs to. Uh, so the LA Galaxy going to Dallas will have one designated player. Vanny did talk about in that soundbite having the ability to move within the league. It sounds more and more likely like there's going to be an intra-league transfer system. Uh, Vanny says he's actually holding some cash back probably that could do that. Right? So that is going to be... Uh, that is going to be something to, to sort of pay attention to. Um, Brendel gave $5 super chat says, uh, I wonder how, how we now are going to sign uh, our missing legit winger before the window closes with no DP slots available. Congrats to Ricky for the DP slot though. Again, you didn't really have, so let's say you wanted to sign a, a designated player winger. Well, if it was going to be a senior one, if it was going to be above max Tam, you would have had to get rid of two U 22 players, right? That seems like that's no longer on the table for that. So that's not going to happen. Um, that was never going to happen. That wasn't a move that could be made. So now if you want to go get a legit winger, you're looking in the TAM, TAM and max TAM. So you're going to pay him a salary and a transfer fee that has to fit inside of that max TAM window. Does that mean that you're not going to get a legit guy? It probably means you're not going to get a superstar, right? Does that mean that you're going to get somebody who is over the hill? Could there's two choices on that, right? You can sort of go young or you can go over the hill. Um, the other way is to sort of take and possibly convert one of the U22s over to uh, TAM. So you move Efra over to targeted allocation money. You have that target allocation money. Then you can sign a U22 player. The player can make, a, again, a salary of up about $650,000. Um, and then it's unlimited uh, transfer funds on that. So you can spend $17 million on a transfer as long as the salary you're paying, the paying the player is, is less than the max, max budget charge, which is $650, you are fine. Um, usually that doesn't work that way. Just letting you know, but you can probably spend three or four million dollars. And the Galaxy were actually linked with a left back, uh, I think, out of Santos in Brazil. Uh, Galaxy doing a lot of uh, Santos shopping. Oh, Sao Paulo, sorry, Sao Paulo's left back, uh, Patrick. Uh, he's on. He has been playing uh, for the Brazilian national team U twenty, approximately and supposedly a three point five million dollar offer to Sao Paulo. Um, and but the player said no, he didn't want to go. So. As a reports, I don't know if any of that is true. Um, so that's, you know, that's how you can sign somebody, though. You can bring in a U22 player. You can bring in a TAM guy, either a max TAM or a high TAM player. So you can get somebody. Sam Grand Sierra made $900,000. He was a TAM player. You could bring in somebody probably for $900,000 right now. That would work. 
um, 900 Yeah. Because even if you, even if Efra's base is 600, you bring in a guy who's 900, that's $1.5 million. When you add those together, technically they have the money for that right now, uh, to be able to do that. So, you know, can you find somebody like Sam Grant here that has a little bit more of an impact? That's, I think what the level of player you're looking for at the winger position right now, you're going to get somebody who starts somebody who is hopefully dynamic with speed, has the ability to finish, right? Sam had some of that sometime. You just wanted more from him. And I think we all agreed that the salary felt a little high for what you were getting out of, out of Grant's here. Right? So that's where we, that's where I just, I wanted to point that out. So, um, so that I think that's the press conference in a nutshell. Let me let me cruise through here again real quick. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Vanny does very much. Vanny does explain the DP structure. I don't know that you want to. Um, the best line here is 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 this one uh, at the very end. So MLS budgeting 101 is it's a four year course. It's not a yeah. five minute course. Yeah, MLS budgeting 101. It's not 101, it's 101, 202, you know, 303 and 404. It's those classes. It's all four years. I agree 100% that uh, it's not easy, or nor is it understandable all the time uh, whenever we do that. So I, I think that's the major takeaway from the press conference. You could talk to Ricky Bahouge. He sort of makes fun of people saying he was bored in LA. Um, that's the big takeaway. Again, they're asking him to answer questions like, what does it feel like to be a designated player for the LA Galaxy? And it's like, yes, you can sort of say, oh, well, I know the big names with David Beckham and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Now I'm joining those guys. But Ricky's not getting anything out of this. There's He's going to get what he's going to get at the end of the season. Um, and the Galaxy will probably even work on a new contract for him you know, as he's currently chasing down the MVP trophy, um, you know, down this midseason or the middle of the season. So they very well could come to a contract, uh, you know, a new contract sort of agreement that would start after the year that makes him a full designated player. And they know that Cheech has gone. They know that Douglas Costa has gone and they have the ability to make him a full DP and then they can shuffle that stuff around. All right. There is a chance that possibly they said, hey, we're going to make you, a, you know, this restricted designated player and know that that means that we're going to redo your contract, but we can't do anything until we clear those DP slots. And when we do, we'll make you a full DP. We'll increase your salary. We'll do all that fun stuff um, because it's coming. Right. And there's lots of people who think and I think wrongly that they they think Ricky Pooch is just going to leave. Um, I think he came here to prove a point and he's going to stay here for, at least for a little bit to try and prove that point. Uh, that he's a good player, that he's capable of playing a lot of places in the world, and he's capable of dominating Major League Soccer. And as he gets older, sort of floats into that that prime of his thing. The contract that he's going to be sold for is going to be a, a significant one. All right. All right. I'm glad we had that little talk. So that's what I had on those fronts. Uh, some pictures from the LA Galaxy as they headed to the airport. Look, it's Gaston Brugman. And look at the, look at the nice pun they have in, in this particular case. He's wearing a captain's armband, and he's sitting in the cockpit of the airplane. He is the cap. He's sitting on the left hand side, which would indicate that he is a captain and he's got the captain's armband. But does he wear that like around all the time? Does that, is that, or do they have to pull that out of a bag in order to take that picture? I just want to know the logistics behind all of that because that sounds, that sounds fun. Um, Dan Jovalich showing in the, uh, in the pictures, uh, Gaston Brugman showing in the pictures, LA galaxy getting ready to, uh, to head off to Dallas. That was earlier today. Apparently they've already landed. Um, so I, I do expect that everything's fine. Just in case you were wondering like about the, the mountains in the background and how awesome those have been around Southern California. I don't know. I just, I found these pictures and I figured I'd throw them into the podcast cause I thought they were cool. Let's talk about Major League Soccer, shall we? Major League Soccer announced today that uh, they're going to pick Ticketmaster as the official ticketing par- partner. Apparently, they believe that no bad press, no press is bad press, or or any press is good press. I guess is is the thing. Um, there's nobody here to correct me. Next, I'm going to tell you that the that the English Premier League only plays uh, 34 games, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, Commercial Underground says, saw Brugman at the Starbucks, can confirm he was wearing the armband. Yep, I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure 100%. Uh, Gas- uh, Logan says, why does Brugman look like a pilot? Because Gaston Brugman looks like anything he wants to be. He has that confidence in him. He could be, if he puts on like scrubs and like a little surgical mask, you'd be like, oh, that's that's a doctor. You could tell. Um, so yeah, it's very cool. Uh, so Ticketmaster as the official ticketing partner, um, literally, the uh, you know, investigations by Congress and Ticketmaster and the price gouging and the different fees and how they have all these junk fees and major league soccer says, Oh, let's partner with Ticketmaster. I don't think this is going to affect the LA galaxy much, especially not on like uh, on a local sense. I think this is like the national sort of sponsorship that works, but because AEG is owned, uh, AEG owns the LA galaxy and AEG owns AXS. 
<coughs> excuse me, uh, then you you can imagine that that probably stays the same and nothing really, really, really changes. Um, so I wanted to tell you about that just because I thought that MLS was pretty bold and being like, hey, these are our guys. I will also say this. If you're MLS, you want Ticketmaster. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, what? They're, they're, they have made it so really there aren't very many players in the ticket game. You can say rightfully or wrongfully, but you want to be under that umbrella. If you're using somebody else, you're using somebody on the periphery because you can't get Ticketmaster. But, the, but MLS is able to get Ticketmaster. So from a business standpoint of trying that for that exposure, it makes sense to go to Ticketmaster, right? All of the big sort of, uh, you know, leagues are probably in bed with Ticketmaster as well. You want to be there to show that that's where you belong as well. It's like the quality of sponsors that you get indicates how seriously you're taking or how seriously the, the office that you're working in is taking. And so they can get Ticketmaster. They can get the big boy. That's good news for Major League Soccer in terms of that, right? But you know, this just, you, you have to, you have to, you have to get in bed with Ticketmaster, which isn't a great thing. I don't think, uh, somebody, somebody said Swifties save us. Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift, uh, certainly has some beef with Ticketmaster going on right now. So I will say though, the, the, that statement, the quality of sponsors is indicative of how seriously the office that you're working at is taken, right? Whether that's Major League Soccer, that's LA Galaxy, right? I mean, you know, the Herbalife stuff, when we've talked about this, is, is that the only sponsor that they can get? Probably for that amount of money, right? What does that mean? Herbalife uses the LA Galaxy to seem very legitimate, and we've talked about this. You know, does Herbalife has a very, very horrible history in terms of their business practices, right? And we talked about pyramid schemes and all that stuff. We've had that discussion on this podcast before, but they Herbalife used the LA Galaxy seem legitimate and the LA Galaxy use Herbalife because they put a bunch of money in their pockets, right? Is Again, we ask, is that the best you can do? Could the LA Galaxy get Ticketmaster? No, probably not, right? Or if you do get Ticketmaster, it's at a much smaller buy, okay? That's where you're at. Um, one of the other things that popped up today in a news release from MLS uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Major League Soccer brings global leaders sport tech solutions to redefine fan experience with soccer data. Okay, here's what you need to know is that there was a company called Second Spectrum that was tracking all the data for Major League Soccer and all of the teams had access to that data. This is data analytics. This is game tracking. This is all this sort of fun stuff that sort of goes into the modern game. So there's cameras all over there tracking all these things. And so that's that goes through that. So it was second spectrum and it's not second spectrum anymore. They're using a company called uh, sport tech solutions. Okay. Now uh, sport tech solutions will provide an integrate advanced gathering storage and analyst distribution and analytics of live event and tracking match data, which will be used by MLS and its clubs, creating an unprecedented data set for every MLS league every MLS leagues cup and MLS next pro match. The cutting edge data will provide fans watching on MLS season pass the new global streaming service available on Apple TV that launched earlier this month with more engaging information for fans than ever before. The idea is that they're going to take this data, they're going to gather it using 12 of these high-tech cameras that basically track skeletal movement in players that are pointed at the field, and they're able to turn that into data. They're able to turn that into the analytics that we know about expected goals and you know zones and all that fun stuff that we sort of look at, right? So the idea is then to give that to, and they say to teams, to the league, to broadcasters like Apple and to the media, um, and then also sort of display that in a certain way for fans as well. That's the idea between behind this whole sport tech solutions. Now, I don't know what sport tech solutions look like. I have seen some of the second spectrum data before, right? But I don't have access to that either. I don't have millions of dollars in order to get some of this stuff. Um, it's like whenever you're like the Elias Bureau of, of sports tracking, like I had a password once that I was able to get in and, and see some stuff and it's really useful, but you know, for this type of stuff, they, they're going to share certain things with us and they're not just going to give us all the data and let us parse through it. But this is how teams will evaluate other players, other clubs. They will gather this data. They will, they will manipulate it and massage it into different ways to give them the answers that they think they want from this data. Um, Second spectrum was really slick, really, really cool. We'll see what this uh, the sport tech solutions is, but just you're going to see it pop up. So I just wanted you to know what it was. This will be like data analytics and all the things that you should see. All right. All right. Very good. Um, one other thing I want to get to is the LA Galaxy announced the 24 hour fitness and LA Galaxy partner uh, to promote holistic fitness across Southern California. I think you saw that. Um, 
okay. I, I don't, it is what it is. That's it. And I don't think we need to talk about it much more than that. Right. Uh, we already talked about, uh, that we already talked about that. Um, one of the things that's coming up and we're getting ready to sort of, uh, kick off the preview of this Dallas game. Uh, but one of the things coming up, obviously a whole bunch of other games, St. Louis will be playing their first game at city park. Um, so this is their first home game ever in franchise history. Um, and they're playing against Charlotte. So that'll be fun to see. Pay attention to that. There are six free games this weekend. Let's see. Did I get that right? Yeah, there are six free games this weekend. Um, and those six free games basically are uh, LAFC in Portland is free on Apple TV, and it's also on Fox. Okay. You have Columbus and DC, which is a free game on Apple TV. You have, um, let's see, Apple TV. You have Miami uh, hosting Philadelphia. That's a free game on Apple TV. New York and Nashville. The Red Bulls in Nashville, I should say. Uh, Apple TV and free. Uh, da, 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 there's a couple more. There's one more. Uh, San Jose and Vancouver uh, will be free. All games, by the way, every single game that we will watch this weekend will all happen on Saturday night. Okay? Everybody. Everybody. By the way, thanks. Shout out to Gary. Uh, $10 Super Chat. Appreciate that. But all these games are happening on Saturday night. There are no other games. Okay? So nothing else is going on this weekend just wanted to point that out because that that to me is interesting we haven't really seen that yet this is going to be one of the first times where we see it so that means mls 360 should come in handy whenever you're not busy watching the la galaxy game side note on the la galaxy game coming up on saturday 5 30 p.m pacific time this is a march 4th 2023 la galaxy headed to fc dallas to play fc dallas who just lost to minnesota in their opening weekend at home so fc dallas gets two games to start two home games to start and they will um they lost the first one to one to nothing but one of the things to remind you is you will not have the option of the home audio you may but it will be the dallas home audio all right, so you're likely better to stick with Apple TV. So as of right now, they have not fixed the technical difficulty of trying to sync up the audio with everything, right? And so, and most likely it's because the away teams are probably, the away announcers are probably doing it remotely. And so therefore they're calling it already on a delay and trying to get it to line up or match up is difficult. Although Joe Ticino says it's not that hard and everybody should be able to figure it out. And Joe is the master of radio. He should know. All right, so... That's one of those. That's one of the things you have to watch. So you will get just the regular broadcast crew on this one, unless you want to listen to the FC Dallas home um, home broadcast, which you can. You can choose that. I'm not saying don't. Just giving you your options on this. All right. So that's what we have in there. Now, I am. I'm sorry for about what I'm what I'm about to try to do. Uh, Hammer had a game preview and he was ready to go. Um, but with the, the storm and no power, he didn't get to have that. Um, so having said that now it's my job, I guess, to do a game preview. And as was requested by people, and I think we teased this in the last one, we said, maybe we should just have chat GPT, write The game preview, right? Okay. So I am going to, at this particular time, read the LA Galaxy versus FC Dallas game preview. Uh, the 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 instructions were this from Hammer. All right, he says uh, this was to Chat GPT. He says write a dramatic game preview for the LA Galaxy versus FC FC Dallas and include puns about Texas. All right, Hammer is supposed to be at the game, by the way. So uh, I guess without much further ado, we'll, we'll bring the lights down for this one because this is going to be this is going to be a tough one. I'm just telling you, okay. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your hats and dust off your boots because we're in for a wild ride. The LA Galaxy are facing off against FC Dallas in a showdown that's sure to be hotter than a Texas summer. The Galaxy are looking to put their best foot forward and rope in a win, but Dallas is no pushover. They're the ones with the home field advantage and are ready to show the Galaxy what's bigger and better in Texas. It's going to be a real shootout on the pitch as these two teams compete for the top spot in the MLS standings. The Galaxy are going to have to bring their A game and avoid getting lassoed by Dallas's defense if they want to take home the victory. But don't count Dallas out just yet. They've got some of the most talented players in the league, and they're not afraid to use their home field advantage to corral the Galaxy and show them who's boss. They'll be stampeding towards the goal, trying to score more points than a longhorn steer. 
This is one game you won't want to miss, folks, so grab your boots, your cowboy hats, and get ready to holler and hoot as the LA Galaxy and FC Dallas go head-to-head in a showdown that's sure to be wilder than a rodeo. Yeehaw! There you go. I'm not even... I don't even... I, I'm not even sure what that was. No, that was that was chat GPT. I want to I want to take no credit for that. And that was Hammer. Uh, he said he had eventually done one um, that was that was like a little adjusted from that. He went in and made some adjustments to it, uh, but he didn't get to send me that before he went. <coughs> excuse me, down into uh, into the storm cellar. I'm sure so. Uh, that's where we're at with the uh, with the LA Galaxy and FC Dallas coming up. Uh, weather report for that is actually supposed to be a nice day, 73 degrees and sunny. Um, it's not hot. It's, it shouldn't be raining. Everything should be fine. 48 degrees on that night, so it should be cooling down from 73 to 48. Usually, that's what happens out in the dust in the in in the desert. Um, things do do tend to. Uh, to to go very quickly whenever uh, the sun goes down, the temperature starts dropping on that. <sighs> Overall, these two teams, uh, 38 wins for the Galaxy, 32 wins for uh, FC Dallas, 17 draws, 17 draws, 32 losses, 38 losses, 148 goals for the LA Galaxy, 129 goals, excuse me, for FC Dallas. Here's the thing, though. There's two things we're always going to tell you on this show about FC Dallas is number one, it's a difficult place to play. And number two is weird things happen in Dallas, right? We know this. This is, this is, if we can have a shirt that would encompass every preview of the LA Galaxy versus FC Dallas, it is this, that weird things happen in Dallas. Okay. So be prepared for that. The other thing that has happened for the LA Galaxy is they do not win in Texas. They do not win against FC Dallas in Frisco. That doesn't happen very often. Okay. Last time the LA Galaxy beat Dallas on the road was August 15th, 2015. Okay, that was a 2-1 win. Uh, that was Bruce Arena versus Oscar Pereja. Michael Barrios scored for FC Dallas in the 33rd minute. And do you remember? Does anybody remember? Somebody scored two goals in the second half. Do you know who that was? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let, just let it sit for a second. Who scored in that game? The Galaxy were down one nothing in the 33rd minute. Halftime hits. The Galaxy come out, and about six minutes into halftime, uh, coming out of half, the LA Galaxy somebody scored for them. Uh, and then that person scored again. We'll, we'll give it a second here. Um, but since that win in 2015, the Galaxy are 6 and 0 since that win. So Dallas have outscored the, the LA Galaxy 16 to three. Uh, let's see. We're going to Geo Robbie. Um, okay, Geo Keen. It is Robbie Keen. That is correct. Robbie Keen was the man who scored two. And I actually, once I read that, I was like, I remember that game where King came in and scored in the 51st and 56th minute to win the game. Assists from Robbie Rogers and Giovanni Dos Santos. Um, so uh, that was that game in there. And again, Galaxy outscored 16 to three in these games uh, at FC Dallas since that win um, in 2015. So a long drought for the LA Galaxy. Uh, you look at what FC Dallas did. They didn't do a lot. This was not one of the more exciting games in Major League Soccer. All right. Minnesota ended up winning this game. They were on the road at Dallas. So Dallas already hurting because they already gave away one home game. Um, I wouldn't say that any of any part of this game was electric. Both teams finished with an expected goals under one. Uh, FC Dallas had a slightly higher expected goals than Minnesota. Uh, you know, but you're looking Velasco, Ferreira, Areola, right? Uh, Pomacall. Uh, you had Sebastian Legette. Of course, this is a return to play against Sebastian Legette, uh, which will be of, of some interest to people. So, Keep an eye on this Dallas team. I don't know if they're any good this year. Some people have said they think that they might be very good. Some people have said not. I mean, I'm going to tell you another thing. People actually like this LA Galaxy team. I know LA Galaxy fans are down on it. We talked about this a little bit before um, the supposed El Trafico that was going to happen. Uh, but this LA Galaxy team is better than you expect. I know Chicharito, no Douglas Costa. We know that, uh, you know, but that sort of doesn't really bother anybody too much. We know Jovalich is probably going to start big questions about whether Tyler Boyd starts, whether Jalen Neal starts, right? So there's some stuff. Memo Rodriguez has sort of been the guy who's been starting. Tyler Boyd's been coming off the bench. We don't know if that extra week has sort of given Tyler Boyd the ability to come in and start a game. Um, you know, F. Ryan Alvarez has sort of been playing on that right-hand side. So we know things about this LA galaxy team. We know that things are pretty well sorted in terms of positioning. And even with guys injured, where they're going to fill in there. So, you know, like Jonathan Bond's going to be in the back. We know that Raheem Edwards is going to start at left back. You know, we know that uh, for right now, Kelvin Leardam is going to start at right back. 
who do they put in the middle? Is it Mavinga? Is it Sega? Is it uh, Caceres? Is it is it Neil? Those are the questions that we sort of have to answer. But we know the midfield's going to be Ricky Pouge. We know the midfield's going to be Gaston Brugman. If it was like preseason, then Memo Rodriguez is going to be in there as well. Efrain Alvarez is going to be in there, right? So again, we have this feeling that we sort of know this team already. And Vegas, the odds makers, you know, 538 have already given the LA Galaxy. Basically, they're saying, listen, you're one of the top four or five best teams in the Western Conference. You could be. All right. So this is going to be the opening salvo to this. Here's the problem for me, though. I don't like that Dallas has already played their first game. That is a disadvantage to the LA Galaxy. Advantage to the LA Galaxy they didn't play last week. I think there is no advantage that that the LA, you know, you can say, oh, well, they're not tired and not beat up. They already are beat up. They already have two injuries that are going to, I think, significantly sort of impact the starting lineup or what we would expect it to be. Right. I'm not surprised by what the starting lineup is going to be. And I still expect a certain level. Uh, I don't know that FC Dallas has anything figured out. I watched some of this game. It was it was a boring game. And um, I think the Galaxy are going to try to steal a possession from, from Dallas. Dallas had 62% possession against Minnesota. Uh, I think Minnesota probably liked it that way. I think Dallas would have liked to not have the ball as much. And maybe that works better for them. You know, with Areola and Legette, they are sort of a little bit of a counter-press, counter-attack team. Um, we'll see if that plays out or if they've changed things up from sort of how they normally like to play. All right. So... Uh, e super asked, do we ever get that back end money from, from the legit deal? I had no idea. They never, they would never tell you that. Why would they be transparent and forthcoming about all this? But, uh, Sebastian legit trade in new England, the LA galaxy were supposed to have, I think up to like $650,000 in, in, in incentives and stuff like that. Maybe even 750,000. Um, and, uh, we have no idea if they collected on that or not. No idea. Danny did say that from the Julian Araujo deal that they do still have some cash lying around from that and that they are able to do something, but that was some of the cash he was sort of holding for perhaps for that summer transfer window. Um, this is, this is an, it's a really difficult game to predict. I don't know that you can come out with a, a logical answer for who's the better team here. I think the Galaxy are the better team, uh, but we haven't seen them play this in a game that counts yet, so I don't know how you could sit there and say it. Uh, so for that reason, I think this is probably like a one, one or a two, two draw. Uh, I don't expect fireworks. I expect this to look a lot like a preseason game. Still, it's going to take the galaxy a little while to still figure that out. All right. Uh, but Lucas Caligari, hopefully coming in, you know, you have some other things that are sort of coming up here, um, with the schedules and everything that's going on. So I think the galaxy have a chance to sort of still gel in these first couple of games. They get to play a game at Dignity Health Sports Park as well. That'll help them eventually, but two road games technically now to start the, uh, start the year. It's, it's funny though, LA galaxy really, when you look at it, they would have had three quote unquote road games cause they weren't at home to start the season anyway, but now it's like two away games. It feels even further. Uh, from Dignity Health Sports Park and come back. And there was rugby at, at Dignity Health Sports Park, I think, over the last weekend. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot more. It was a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Uh, Herb, by the way, appreciate you, Herb. Uh, $32.10 Super Chat says, Hey, Josh, appreciate the high level from lights to sound of professionalism. Listeners, viewers, please hit the like button. Shout out to Mike Gray. Shout out to Mike. I, like, I love Mike. Uh, Mike and Alex, by the way, have a new podcast they're doing called, I think it's uh, El Trafico. Um, and for the striker. So they're doing a podcast that's galaxy centric as well. So make sure you reach out to them on Twitter and, and follow and subscribe and all that fun stuff on this show. We like to promote uh, LA galaxy um, communication. We like to, so we like to promote LA galaxy content um, because that's how you get it. And so um, hopefully we're, we're, you don't think we're gatekeeping any of this stuff. That's not the idea. I want you guys to have as much information as you can. Um, and if they do a really good job and you figure that you don't have to listen to me anymore, then that's fine too. Um, you know, I'll still, be, I'll still be around as for as long as I can take it. That's for sure. Um, one of the things certainly you can see, uh, with just 538, and I just, I, I wanted to again, point out where they think the LA galaxy are. If you look in the Western conference and the Western conference teams right now, the top one LAFC at the very top, very top, their SPI is 56.8. All right. Slightly below, by the way, Philadelphia at 57.3, but they're still giving the edge to, to LAFC. Um, Seattle's the second Western conference team with a 46.3 SPI and the galaxy have our third right now. They have the LA galaxy is the third best team in the Western conference. Right. And then it goes Austin and Austin just lost to uh, St. Louis. So that hurt them. Uh, then it's FC Dallas. So again, they think FC Dallas is a pretty good team. 538 does right. Not the best, not the greatest, but if you're looking at the LA galaxy, they're saying, well, the LA galaxy probably should win this game based off of some of those metrics. Now, there's always a home field advantage. So let's get to the actual match and tell you what they say. They say the FC Dallas has a 47% chance of winning this game. That home field advantage really works well for them. 
<laughs> excuse me, 47% chance of winning this game, 27% chance for the LA Galaxy, 26% chance uh, for a draw. All right. So that is the game specific stats for this one as well. Uh, Herb, I appreciate you. Thank you for the super chat. Um, and hopefully everybody else is, uh, is good to go on that. That's what I got for this show. I, you know, again, a little crazy, tried to get some, some backup co-hosts, uh, hammer, I, I assume is doing just fine. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be back eventually. I think we have Sophie lined up for next week. So, uh, we'll see if that ends up happening, but I think she's available. So Sophie for next week. Um, and that'll be next Thursday. And then Monday night is a toss up right now. Uh, Kevin and his wife, I think are, uh, are trying to get back in town. I think they're doing some stuff. So we'll see whether or not we have Kevin on, but there will be a Monday night show to get you through this game. Uh, we expect this game to be played, which is something new and fun that we're going to try out for the 2023 season. Hopefully you guys enjoy it on watching Apple TV on the MLS season pass, right? So you can watch that. Um, and that'll be the place you can find it. The only place you can find it. So, uh, let me know if you have any trouble with your Apple TV stuff. Always interested in that. All right. Um, I think that about it does it for me. Uh, the hammer's not here, but you can follow him at hammer EV nine, uh, across all social media. That's where you can find him. Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. So please follow him. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course at galaxy podcast, corner Ramiro has some articles up there on the website. We also published on YouTube, the press conference from Greg Vanny and Ricky Pooch from earlier this week. So you can check that out. LA galaxy taking off against FC Dallas coming hot and heavy here. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy that and we'll get you ready for that game. Enjoy the game. We'll see you on Monday. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, who's not here, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to My Little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.